Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number 32. After our weekly segments, we are going to follow up last week's discussion by talking about sleep and nutrition. Let us know if there are any topics you would like to hear. Don't forget, all the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Good morning, Andrea. Good morning, Beth. How are you? How was your vacation? My vacation was good. It was um, short and sweet, and I will talk a little bit more about it a little later, but it was, it was overall, it was great. It was great to spend some time with family and to just not do any work for <laughs> four days and go to the beach and not really have a schedule. We had like dinner plans one night, so there was one night that we had a reservation that we had to make, but the rest of mm-hmm. the time it was like we cooked it, we rented a house, so we cooked at home and it was just, it was really nice. Nice. Yeah. And how was your birthday? (laughs) My birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yesterday. Well, it's been totally off at the time this airs, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) It was. It was good. Um, And actually, my my family threw me. So this is Tuesday. My birthday was Monday, Mm -hmm. and on Sunday, I thought I was having like a family birthday party, just like dinner at my parents' house. And I get there, and it turns out they threw me a surprise little sprinkle for new baby. So that was really sweet. And that's um, awesome. I knew there was something funky going on, but I didn't think. I was like, well, maybe they're just really want to throw me like a big birthday, like (laughs) big deal about my thirty first (laughs) birthday. But it was it was really it was really nice, and there was a lot of people that came that I haven't seen in a while or don't get together with a lot. Um, so that was a really nice treat. Like a couple of my close friends couldn't, ended up not making it, but I was like, I see them a lot. So it was kind of nice to be able to spend some time with people I don't see as much. So it was, it was really nice. And how That's are you doing? Awesome. I'm good. I feel like sleep has finally uh, stabilized now after our vacation, like completely threw everything off. Yay! Um, So that's been amazing. (laughs) Makes life so much better. I love it. All right, then let's move on to our real mom moment of the week because we are real moms and we have no desire to be perfect. So I'm going to I'm going to share two this week because I have a total mom win, which I'm really Mm -hmm. excited about. And then then I've got also my mom fail. So my mom win is that for my birthday yesterday. I had my I had my weekly doctor's appointment, and so my daughter came with me. And then, as a treat, I, I wanted my free Starbucks drinks because you get a free drink once once a year on your birthday. So I wanted to get it. She loves going to Starbucks, so I let her pick out a she the one she wanted this like peanut peanut butter and jelly box. So there's like half a peanut butter and jelly, carrots, cucumber, stick of cheese, and apple slices. And I was like, great, this is what she wants. And then she's like, and I want a cake pop too. But, you know, it's a tiny little cake pop. Sure, you could have that. And I was so excited because she ate almost the entire, like, healthy lunch box before she ate the cake pop. She ate around the outside of it, and then it fell off. She wasn't even phased about it, and she finished the entire rest of the, quote-unquote, you know, healthier lunch box option. (laughs) And it was like, I just... It was such a sign to me of when we don't mess with, when we, we don't restrict things, but we don't 
make a big deal about them. She just has the ability to say, like, this is what my body needs right now. Yes, I want something sweet because it tastes good, but I have no problem, like, eating four carrots, eating a cake pop, and then eating cucumber and apples. And I just think that that's really cool because that's not necessarily something that I can always do. So that was my win. And then my fail is, well... Starting in vacation, we've had some major, major meltdowns. And I know that during vacation, I mean, and we're talking 30 to 45 minutes of screaming and crying and kicking and biting. And I know that on vacation is because we didn't give her enough alone time during the day. And while we tried to, she didn't want alone time during the day. She wanted to be with everybody. She wanted to do everything. Now that we're back, we're still having some of those meltdowns. And I think that has to do with impending baby sibling but it's still draining and so we're my husband and I are having conversations about how to handle it because you know screaming and crying I can totally handle but then when she comes and starts to kick and bite that's when it's like well what do we do there's some research that's like well you hold your kid and you hold their hands and you hold them away from you but that does not it doesn't help her Really, it just frustrates her more. So we've started that, like, we leave the room and lock ourselves somewhere else. And that seems to be, like, as soon as we walk away and go somewhere else, she sometimes gets into trouble. Like, yesterday she spread lotion everywhere. (laughs) It's not the worst thing she could do, right? But it seems to be resolving them a little bit more quickly. So it's been a struggle, but we're getting through it. Hmm. That was really hard. I'm sorry. (laughs) Janet Lansbury, I know I haven't read it because I'm not pregnant, but I know she has an article about like that and second baby coming up and that it's like super common. And I don't, I don't know if there's, I I honestly, I just haven't read it, but I could try and find it and send it to you if you're interested. I'm sure I could Google it. And if I find it, I'll post it for our other. Exactly. There you go. (laughs) Um, uh, But nice win. I like that. That's pretty awesome. Uh, my mom fail is, it's not really a mom fail. I feel like, okay, just real mom moment, maybe I should call it, is, um, which is what the segment is called anyways, is just when Remy was really struggling with all his sleep issues, was just getting in the crib with him, which is honestly something I had never done. I had heard of moms doing it. And I was like, I don't really understand how that works. But at my parents' house, um, the crib is, like, a lot lower to the floor. It was, like, one of those Ikea ones that they just got. And um, so it was really easy to get to the crib. With ours is on, like, risers. So it's not so easy. But I realized I could get in the crib uh, after I had done it at my parents' house. And it had been quite successful. So I was like, you know what? Just getting in the crib. Because for him, if I can't, even though we try not to get him to fall asleep in our arms, um, you know, at this point when we're just trying to get him to sleep, to me, my motto or philosophy is just get him to sleep no matter what on some type of time schedule. Like to me, when sleep is off, like, and they just are clearly sleep deprived, they just need to sleep. Like, I don't care how you do it. I don't care what magic tricks you need to use. Just get them to sleep so they can just get their sleep in. Cause for Remy, once he's sleep deprived, like he just, it's just a cycle that continues until we can get him back sleeping. So anyways, so anyways, yeah, getting in the crib was amazing because I can lay down next to him and I try to like make sure he's not falling asleep on me or anything like that. And then I can just, 
I can crawl out a whole lot easier versus when I hold him and he falls asleep. Like, it doesn't matter how I try to put him down. He will wake up. Like, end of story. If he's not ready to, like, be alone. Um, But I do tell him beforehand. Like, I'd always be like, okay, Remy, we're going to fall asleep together. And once you fall asleep, I am going to leave the room. Um, Just so they're not, like, shocked when you wake up. But anyways, that was mine. I got it. I definitely did it once. And I was like, okay, this is just going to be the only time. And then it was like, okay, maybe another time. And so I ended up doing like five or six times, but now I don't have to do it. So yay. Been there, done that. I always, <laughs> uh, I was talking to someone a long, long, I mean, my kid hasn't been in, in a crib for almost three years now. So <laughs> <laughs> um, that it's easier for you to take yourself out of the situation than to put them into a new situation. Like it's easier to go from you sleeping in their room to sleeping separately versus them in your room to get them back to their room kind mm-hmm. of thing. So, and I know that you guys, that wasn't working for you guys anyway. So, hey, I fully support it. Get the kids to sleep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So for our tips of the week this week, I'm also kind of relating back to my vacation. My parents, we go to uh, Cape May, New Jersey, every, uh, just about every year. And we usually spend a week down there. And last week, or last year, my daughter got sick halfway through. And it was just the end of the week was a little bit rough. So this week we said, you know what? We're going to we're gonna go down on Saturday, but we're going to come home on Wednesday. And it was the best decision that we made. And so my tip of the week is to plan a buffer, particularly around vacation, because I feel like before kids, when I went on a vacation, I wanted to leave like the minute that I got off work and I wanted to come back like the minute before I had to go to work. You wanted to be gone, like maximize your time away. It just doesn't work that way with kids anymore, and I'm okay with that. So going down there and spending like four really great days down there rather than four great days and then three really tough days what just made such a difference. And we came back. We weren't, I mean, yes, we had the meltdowns every night, but we weren't, our sleep wasn't totally messed up because my daughter was in the same room with us, but it was fine we came back we did some stuff at home because we came back on fourth of july saw fireworks locally went to bed in our own beds and just kind of got back into the routine we we had two days of like school and work before the weekend so that was like a really easy transition that we didn't have to go back to a full week of the grind nice so i just it's not something that i've done a lot in the past but it works so well that Yes, plan a buffer. You know, if you need a day before to pack and plan, if you need a couple days after to start resetting your routines, just it's going to make your life less stressful. And yes, yeah, I mean, you might be not on your vacation as much, and that might be a difference if you're seeing people that you don't ever see, that kind of thing. But if you can plan a buffer, I would totally do it. I totally agree. And even if the buffer is just, you know, a day. <laughs> Like, it's amazing how much it helps. Like, you know, when we got back from our vacation, we got in at, I mean, we're going to the East Coast, so it's like we try to really maximize the time. Um, But it's like we got in at 2 p.m., and it was just, even though it was 2 p.m. on a Sunday, like, it was just so nice having the day to still be able to grocery shop, kind of get stuff in order, and things like that. And even sometimes a buffer before you leave to get everything, like the house all clean and situated, which we did not do before our vacation. (laughs) But I usually like to do that. It just did not work out. We just had too much crap going on. Um, 
that was, oh my gosh, yeah, there was a lot going on the day that we left. Um, but so absolutely, I totally agree. It's it's so nice walking into like a clean house and just, or if it's not clean, you just have the time to get everything back on schedule. Love it. Um, my tip for the week is to be very intentional about your relaxation time. So if you're going to be, you know, just zoning out on Facebook for 10 minutes or binge watching Netflix uh, or going for a walk outside, like whatever it is, if you're going to be like taking a break and you are not working, you're not doing errands, you're not doing chores, you're just like having good old relaxation time, make sure it's actually relaxation time. So I definitely find sometimes when I have a lot of things to do or undone chores, but I'm just like, especially when we were in like all of our sleep mess, like I was just so exhausted. I was like, I don't care about anything right now. I'm not doing jack shit if I don't have to. Um, It's like I would, you know, watch a show or I would just lay in bed for a little bit. And then it's like, I'd find myself laying there and being like, oh my God, I need to do this and this and this. And then start like getting all ramped up because of it. And rather than go and do those things, I actually instead just would, when I do that, I'd catch myself. I would take a few deep breaths. Sometimes if Remy was sleeping in those rare moments, (laughs) um, I would put out a meditation and just like, like breathe into it and just be like, you know what? Right now for the next 20 minutes, this is just time for me to replenish and relax. And this is like, I'm going to clear my brain of all the other stuff I can do because sitting here is not going to get done anyways. So why stress about it? Um, And you can do that with anything. Like if you're going out on a date night, you're going and watching a movie. Like if you're sitting there thinking of, okay, when I get home, I have to do this and this, then it it just ruins the time. You You don't come back as refreshed. You just don't get as much out of it. Um, it distracts you from the people you're with at that time. Um, so yeah, just being really intentional about it. If you are thinking of something that, oh my gosh, I need to remember to do this, just write it down on your phone, write it down on a piece of paper, you know, get it out of your head so that way it's done and then you can go on with whatever that is you are doing. I think that's great. And I was thinking about the great moment that I had this morning of being intentional with uh, my daughter. She she came in and it was 8.30 in the morning. Like, I can't complain. She went to bed at 8.30 last night. This is this is the joy of the fact that she's not napping at daycare anymore. Nice. Um, and she, I was reading my book because I'd been up for a while. And I was just laying in bed reading because we didn't have anything except for podcasting on the schedule today. And I said, well, why don't you bring some books in? She said, I'm still tired. So why don't you bring some books and Well, you can come in and read with mommy. So I finished my book and then she just laid on me and we spent probably like half an hour, maybe even 45 minutes reading books. And she was cuddling with me and laying with me. And yes, I was like, she's going to get hungry and we're going to have a little meltdown about hunger, but it's going to be worth it to just Mm -hmm. have this like me and her bonding time and not thinking about and I just turned everything else off I said she wanted to read this into this book that has like 10 stories in it she wanted to read the entire thing and we did and I never we can't (laughs) do that before bed because bedtime would be way too late at that point but doing it in the morning so I love just doing things with intention especially relaxing things Mm -hmm. that's awesome All right, so we are back to talking about sleep, and before we get into some of the nutrition stuff, I just wanted to kind of review some of the environmental factors that we talked about last week, and I will link to the episode as well. It's really a fantastic one that you don't want to miss, so 
I will link to that. But the big environmental factors that we kind of talked about was having a consistent bedtime and a bedtime routine. So you want to set up those rhythms in a way that it's easy for you to go to sleep. And yes, if your bedtime is typically 12 o'clock, you're not going to be able to go to bed at 9 o'clock tomorrow night. You're going to have to shift slowly. Before bed, you want to decrease the amount of time you're on a screen. If you are on a screen, if you can use flux or night shift or you know whatever settings your phone or screens might have available or download something so that you're not totally impacted by blue light. You want to focus on those orange lights before bed or even better, no lights at all. Turn off those lights and just have a consistent routine to, that you do kind of, we talked about routines a, a few weeks ago, getting an easy routine so your body's like oh yeah I'm doing this I'm getting ready for bed and then I'm going to go to sleep and then that can make it a whole lot easier to actually get to sleep and have a better kind of sleep routine do you have anything to add about environment Andrea no I mean I think that pretty much covers it I feel like just don't underestimate the power of a dark room or a sleep mask for getting a dark room Uh, because that really has been shown to make huge differences. And then the other thing I just wanted to add is a lot of times none of these differences are going to make, you know, an immediate change. I've definitely had clients where I recommend these differences to and they come back and they're like, I've done it for the past three nights and I haven't noticed a difference. And it's like, it takes time for your hormones to shift. So just give it, give it, you know, two weeks or so to really start noticing shifts. Perfect. That's all. Perfect. So the first thing I wanted to kind of review were different nutritional factors or um, I don't want to say diagnoses because, you know, we, are, we don't diagnose or treat medical conditions here on this podcast, but things that, that might be affecting your sleep that you don't realize it. So the, the big, the three that I have are blood sugar regulation, which we've talked about previously on a variety of different episodes, stress, and just overall gut health. So did you want to start talking about any of those, or do you want me to start off? Um, I can start talking off with talking about them. I think to me the biggest thing I look at for nutrition is blood sugar regulation, or for nutrition, for sleep nutrition, is blood sugar regulation, um, especially if you're waking between 1 to 3 a.m., and you're feeling like you're awake and you can't fall back asleep. Um, That's usually because cortisol has spiked up in order to bring your blood sugar levels back up after they've dropped from you being asleep for a while. And um, nutritionally, there's a lot you can do to regulate that and prevent that from happening. And I don't know about you, Beth, but I find that to be a really common um, concern of people. And a lot of times, I don't think people necessarily realize it right away. A lot of times it can be like manifest as like, oh, I'm waking up to have to go to the bathroom. And then I'm just like awake from going to the bathroom. But to me, that still is absolutely falls under that category. Um, so for that, I mean, I would definitely go back and listen to our blood sugar regulation podcast, just because we're going to talk about it so much more in depth. And I don't want to like rehash the entire thing. But little quick fixes, I mean, quote unquote, quick fixes, things that you can try are getting in some like healthy fats before bed. So easy ones is just like putting a little bit of coconut oil in some tea can sometimes help balance the blood sugar overnight. Um, But more importantly, looking at what you're doing all day long. So like what you eat at breakfast can absolutely affect your sleep. So making sure you're considering that. Um, There are other 
um, little foods that can help get melatonin produced. So one common one is tart cherry juice. And again, this is something I've heard people have a lot of success with. I don't necessarily recommend it as a first thing just because it has sugar in itself or quite a bit of sugar. So for somebody who has really like unregulated blood sugar levels, it's not my go-to. However, if someone just is having trouble falling asleep, getting some tart cherry juice can help produce that melatonin to then get them to fall asleep at night. Um, yeah, I don't want to start like going off on blood sugar regulation because I feel like we'll just do an entire another podcast that we've already done. So sorry, but I'm going to say just reference back to that one. <laughs> How about you, Beth? What else do you have to say about that? No, I think that that's perfect because yes it's episodes four and five that and i will link to them so we have two episodes on blood sugar regulation so (laughs) we'll definitely go back to that i would love your thoughts because i have Mm -hmm. noticed this in my own life and i've seen other people noticing it as well starting my morning off with high fat and protein and then gradually adding in more carbs during the day and having a actually a fairly carb heavy meal has really been helping, and actually like a carb snack before bed, has actually been helping my sleep during pregnancy. And I don't know if it's just during pregnancy, but I feel like I'm seeing it. I've seen other people see it. Do you have thoughts on that? Um, I've, I've, I've seen that as well, actually. And I definitely, I um, go towards the protein and fat breakfast and then like add in carbs throughout the day. Um, I usually try to like center my carbs in more like towards the middle of the day when I'm intentional about it. But that just doesn't always happen sometimes in practice just because I don't know, it's just easier to eat carbs at night. So let's be real. And it doesn't, yeah, I I do find I sleep great. So maybe that's why, but um, I have people I've had definitely, definitely have had people report that. And if it's, if you notice that it's making you sleep through the night, then I mean, go for it. I do think for pregnancy, it probably is even more important just to get those extra calories in, if anything. Um, I know when I was pregnant, I actually could not eat carbs at night because it spiked my, I had gestational diabetes and it would spike my um, fasting levels quite a bit. So they would stay fine at night. Like it didn't really affect my levels then. But then if I had like an apple, um, anytime like after like six o'clock pretty much, um, my levels in the morning would be much higher. So just, I guess, know that that can happen. But I mean, if you don't have gestational diabetes, it's probably not something you need to be worrying about. <laughs> so yeah. And if you are, if just, just a side note, if you have any questions about like, well, what the heck are my fasting levels? How am I supposed to know? You can buy a glucose monitor for pretty cheap and test them first thing in the morning if you really want to know. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think it does take some experimenting around to see what works for you. Again, I think just give yourself your body time to notice the shifts and changes like just doing it once might not be enough. Uh, So, you know, be consistent about something for a week and notice that. And then just as long as you're paying attention to your body, be ready to shift when your body shifts. Um, If it's not working for you more then you shift it. But yeah, I mean. I just think bio-individuality. Yeah, it, unfortunately, I do think that sleep is a huge trial and error. What works for some people what doesn't work for others. I We talked a lot about stress last episode and previously as well. I just want to mention that being able to manage your stress during the day can really impact your sleep because if you're laying there 
you know, we talked about blood sugar regulation being with the issue where you wake up between one and three o'clock in the morning and you can't fall back to sleep. I feel like stress is more of that. You can't fall back. You can't fall asleep at night because you've got too much going on in your brain, stress, anxiety, depression, all of those things can kind of impact that. And then it can also be part of how well I woke up. You know, maybe you woke up because your blood sugar regulation's off and you're stressed and now you're stressed about being stressed and, mm-hmm. and all of that too. So it kind of compounds. So I want to link to those episodes as well. Again, it's more of a stress management than nutrition, so I don't want to go into it too much. But I did want to talk about a little bit about gut health and digestion. Um, when we were talking about the with pregnancy and carbs, well, for me with pregnancy, I've been getting some heartburn at night. And I think that's partly why carbs do well for me is because I can't have a ton of protein and fat at night or else heartburn, but digestion, my digestion has definitely slowed with pregnancy. Mm-hmm this late in the game. I only have three weeks to go, guys. <laughs> um, so so having, I usually, my, my kind of right before bed snack is a bowl of cereal with nut milk and peanut butter. So I try to get a little bit of that protein and fat in, but it's mostly carb to keep me kind of more satiated through the, through the night, but that will be light enough that I'm not disrupted by my body trying to digest my food. And I think that if you have slower digestion or you know, digestive issues or discomfort that can make a play a big role in how you sleep because that's one of the biggest things that happens while you sleep. If you're eating, you know, right up until bedtime, the only time your body has to digest is while you're sleeping. And depending on how that goes, that can wake you up. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's such a good point. I think trying to eat, like give that buffer between your last meal and sleep can be really important for people because I do think your body's just working too hard and it's it's just hard for it to completely relax. Um, and I just did want to retouch on your point about stress. Um, I think stress is a huge reason. It's like if you've tried, quote unquote, everything um, and you just ha- are still having troubles with sleep, it is probably a stress issue because when your body is um, really stressed, then it's in the sympathetic state and you can't really sleep when you're in that state. And I want to add, and I feel like I, maybe we, maybe we could do a whole nother episode about this. This could be another topic here Um, on like stress management versus stress perception. I've been reading a lot about it. I will not go into it now. And I'm like super excited about this because I think it's a really, really important distinction. I think I was doing it with a lot of my clients. I just think my languaging around it wasn't really good. So I want to update that. Um, we'll do one about that. But I think that's going to be huge for sleep as well. But yeah, definitely go back and listen to our uh, stress episodes. Perfect. So let's move on to talk about foods or, um, you know, I want to say supplements or nu- nutrients that kind of support or inhibit sleep. We talked a fair amount last week about in, like ones that inhibit sleep, primarily thinking alcohol and caffeine. So while many people use alcohol kind of to wind down, the quality of sleep post drinking alcohol is not nearly as good as the quality of sleep that you can get without that slight little buzz or you know, that quote unquote depressing effect of alcohol. And the same thing we talked about caffeine and how it really affects everybody differently. And some people see that in the morning, you know, they can have a cup in the morning and be fine. Some people like me can't, you know, some people can drink up till 
two o'clock in the afternoon and be fine and just but being aware of that and I wanted to ask you I know you talked about possibly giving up chocolate in later in the day to see how that impacts your sleep and I was wondering if you tried it busted no I didn't (laughs) okay I'll have to try that (laughs) but you did say that you've been sleeping really well so I just don't, I know, I think it's hard, like, and this is what I talk about with my clients, too, it's like, if you don't have a good motivation to make a change, like, you're not gonna do it, like, I have no motivation to change eating chocolate, because I sleep, like, great, (laughs) so, I don't have an issue sleeping, I mean, my only issue sleeping is when Remy wakes up, it's not because of me, so, I think I'm just so sleep deprived at this point, my body's like, I'll take whatever I can get. Um, I will though, now that he really is starting to kind of sleep through the night more and I'm actually getting, you know, possibly seven or eight hours of uninterrupted sleep, I think that can be the big test because I mean, it is absolutely possible. I have to call myself out on this because I would totally call myself, my clients out on this, that, you know, I'm blaming my like, you know, unrested state or not feeling super rested in the morning on, okay, well, I had to get up in the middle of the night. And I mean, maybe chocolate is contributing to that. You know, it is just one more factor that is making me feel unrested in the morning. So yeah, I mean, I could be just full of crap, but... (laughs) I will periodically ask for updates to try to hold you accountable. Not only did I not, like, I completely forgot. Like, it wasn't like a, oh, you know what, I'm going to intentionally not not. Like, it just totally, like, bam, out of my head. Like, didn't didn't stick. Oops. Thanks for the accountability, Beth. My pleasure. (laughs) So, do you have any other foods or things that you feel like um, might inhibit sleep? I mean, I think, yeah, like any eating anything like super sugary before bed is probably not a great idea in general. Um, like I do, again, I, even though I eat chocolate, it's like I do, we, I do eat like the dark, dark chocolate. Like mine's usually like an 80, 85% bar. So, I mean, the sugar is pretty minimal. Um, I think paying attention to not having like Sugary snacks before bed can definitely be important, or at least if you are, then giving yourself enough time to like wind down from it if you notice that it's affecting your sleep um, or like affecting you from falling asleep. Because I think that's probably the big thing is that sugar can like ramp you up. So if you're having it 30 minutes before you go to bed, you're like hitting a sugar spike, right? As you're getting in bed, you're like, ah. (laughs) Uh, But other than that, I'm going to be honest and say I'm not huge on like this one specific food magically cures all your problems uh in general so I don't have like some list of magical foods I don't know I'm sure on the internet they do and there's probably practitioners who do I just I don't really go by that because then what happens if the grocery store doesn't have it or you like run out that night then I feel like you're like oh my god I don't have my super food and then now I can't sleep and then that's just gonna give you anxiety so (laughs) Yeah, I, I love that <laughs> you go you go that far. I was gonna give you already mentioned tart cherry juice, which I did. I did, I did read that that um, you know does help with the melatonin production. 
I know I've had myself and a lot of clients rave about magnesium before bed. So there's like powdered supplements like Natural Calm and then right now I use a magnesium oil and I don't use it every night. Um, I feel like part of it's to try to prevent all those nice pregnancy like cramps that wake me up sometimes. <laughs> um, but but the magnesium has been shown to kind of help relax the body, You're taking an Epsom salt mm-hmm. bath. And again, I feel like some of it is more a routine, a routine of getting your body to sleep. But we're just, magnesium is something that that's a lot of people are lacking in in general these days. So it's a supplement that because the way that it works is it helps relax your muscles. It's better to take it before bed rather than first thing in the morning. So that can be something that can help. Um, I swear I had one more, but it just totally left me. Well, you just gave me this huge aha moment, Beth, of when people are constantly craving chocolate, I'm usually like, you're probably deficient in magnesium. So maybe that's my way of getting magnesium before bed. <laughs> So really, it turns out my chocolate's helping me sleep. <laughs> Just keep telling yourself that, Andrea. Yeah, I did so think well. about that with you eating chocolate. I was like, oh, she should probably just take some magnesium. <laughs> I do. I was going to say, though, Epsom salt baths. Sorry, I was thinking of like very food specific. But yeah, like if we're going into supplements, Epsom salt baths are awesome for getting in magnesium because not only are you getting like huge amounts in, um, you obviously are just getting the relaxing effect of a bath, which is always super nice. Um, I also, for more like supplemental things, I'm big on essential oils for sleep. And cause I definitely consider them to be a supplement with, you know, if you're using it in certain ways because they affect how your body works. So like lavender is great. Um, cedar wood is great. Lemongrass can really help. Vetiver is another one. There's, I mean, there's a ton of oils that can help. Those ones are all pretty, like, uh, affordable ones. There's some, like, frankincense is supposed to be, like, amazing, but it's it's a, it's a definitely a pricier oil, or at least if you're getting the good quality ones, it's a pricier oil. Um, I would be careful of essential oils and using crappy ones, just a heads up. There are definitely ones that are, like, mixed with all other kinds of chemicals, and definitely stick with organic because they can be grown with pesticides, um, otherwise, and you don't want to be just like inhaling pesticides. Anyway, side note on that. Um, and then when it comes to other supplements, I definitely think that is when going to a nutritional therapist or a functional medicine doctor, someone having one, the one specifically prescribed, you can make a big difference because um, I definitely do give um, some clients every now and then supplements specifically for sleep, but they're not ones I'm going to mention because they're very specific to them and their body and like the protocol I'm using. It's not something that I would consider to be like generic. So that, and if you are using melatonin, we may have talked about this in the last one. If you are using melatonin, um, definitely using a really, really small dose, like micrograms. I forget the exact dosage, but it just should be in microgram dose, not like the typical gram or three grams or five grams. It's just way, uh, or milligrams. It's way too high of a dose for your body and it might work temporarily, but over time can kind of throw off your hormones. So just something to keep in mind. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I did want to bring up Mention we didn't talk about melatonin too much last time, so I did want to bring that up. So I appreciate you mentioning it. And yes, I do think that I feel pretty comfortable 
recommending some, something like an Epsom salt bath or a little bit of magnesium or that kind of thing. But in general, when you're looking at supplementing something like melatonin, which is something your body is supposed to be producing naturally, you really should be doing it under the care of a practitioner because you don't know exactly how it's going to affect you and how it's going to change future things. Uh, when it comes to sleep aids, I think the biggest concern is kind of, you mentioned before, sort of that, you know, not wanting to find a specific food that, you know, makes you fall asleep every night, because what if you can't find it? Same kind of thing. What if you're using a supplement and you run out and the shipping got delayed and you don't have it, and now you're really thrown off? Just finding what works for you is going to be the best bet. And the last thing that I want to note, and I'm pretty sure we talked about it last week as well, but don't stress about sleep. Because when you're laying there and you can't fall asleep and all you're thinking about is, I can't fall asleep, I need to sleep, I need to sleep, you're not going to be able to sleep. It's just, we talked about sometimes some people need to get up and walk around and do something and then try again. I know you mentioned you have your um, Calm app, like a meditation that you listen to, just breathing through it and it's like one of those things that the harder you work at it, the less it's going to happen. So be mindful of that and don't let it stress you out. Yes, sleep is incredibly important and it's something that I don't think we spend enough time setting up our environment and our routines around. But once you start to do that, you just kind of have to let it happen. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. Um, and I just thought of one other thing is like the sleepy time teas that you can get at the store. Um, I mean, I think some are called like bedtime tea or sleepy time, whatever, just nighttime teas. They all have different like herbal blends and stuff. And those can be really nice and relaxing. And I think, again, it can be kind of part of this ritual or routine that you have of just drinking. So this nice, calming, hot beverage um, before bed. And it just can be just a really nice thing to associate with sleep. And then those herbs can hopefully even help you drift off to sleep. So, yeah. Perfect. That's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us today. Next week, we're going to be chatting about expectations. Follow us on social media for news, updates, and calls for questions. You can find me, Beth, at Pizza Real Eats and Andrea at Dr. Andrea Moore on Instagram and Facebook. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review. Show notes for this episode and all podcast-related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com.